What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Love and Rise podcast with your host, Aunt Ma. I'm your other host, Christina. And we want to say thank you guys for following us and listening on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, uh, iHeartRadio, and also you guys who watch here on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate everything. If you guys, this is your first time, make sure to follow us and subscribe. Um, we post podcasts on podcast platforms every Wednesday. And on Thursday, we upload them on YouTube. So I hope you guys have been enjoying Love and Rise podcast. Uh, on today's episode, I want to talk about something that's very, very serious. Um, and it's about the Jonathan Lewis situation. Um, the kid who got in a school fight in Las Vegas and so happened to pass away from it. And this is really, really hard to talk about because, you know, as parents, and even as, you know, when we went to school, we went through a lot of this. Right. And fights happen all the time, but it's an unfortunate situation where someone actually passed away. So rest in peace to Jonathan Lewis, um, to his family. Uh, I know they're going through a lot. And so this is a very touchy subject. Um, but I, I don't want to talk too much about... Uh, the court system and all that stuff, because we're not really lawyers here. Right. I just want to talk in the perspective of a mom and dad as parents, because what the dad had to go through is something I would never want to go through as a parent. Okay, so if you guys haven't heard about this situation, uh, it's gone pretty viral lately. Um, so what happened was a 17-year-old high school student uh, in Las Vegas, was beaten to death in an alleyway around the corner from campus by 10 of his classmates. And these guys that were beating on him, they're between the age of 13 and 17, so they're probably in high school. And it was a prearranged fight, um, and it broke out over a pair of headphones and a vape pen. Yeah, I did hear about that. Um, so the backstory with that is um, he was basically defending a friend so I think some kids um, decided to pick on him because he was like a smaller kid. And um, I think they, they stole that vape pen from him and um, the earphones, right? Yeah. And he was trying to, you know, um, back him up pretty much. Well, what, what um, the news articles say is that the smaller kid was thrown into a trash can. <gasps> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's left out in a lot of things, but I caught it in a couple other articles. And so... When Jonathan Lewis saw that, he stepped in to defend his friend. And when he stepped in, uh, that's when he got beat by the 10 kids. Oh, he got wow. punched, uh, kicked, stomped on, and he had to go to the hospital. And he was declared uh, brain dead. Yeah, I think a lot of the hits right, were like blunt force. Um, well, that's what they said at the end. Yeah. And uh, pretty much after a week, he passed away from his injuries. And so... It's crazy because, well, one, it's a prearranged fight, which is happens all the time. But right? prearranged by who? Because if he was defending his friend, then was it like premeditated with the group of the 10 guys? So, well, I don't know. I think you're kind of jumping to conclusions right now because there's two different things we're talking about. In terms of just the fight itself, supposedly from what I read, uh, both parties were had prearranged the fight to meet into the alley after school oh, okay. and fight. But what they didn't know was they were going to get jumped, right? This, this, this kid is like, he's trying to protect that he got stuff stolen from him. He's getting bullied, right? And I don't know who, they said someone, they said the victim, but I don't know if it was a victim or the, the kid who got the stuff stolen from before the fight, he took off his shirt and he was ready to fight too, mm, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know which kid this was. So everyone's down, right? Now, when you say premeditated, that means like they're, they're intended to do something else, right? Right. And what, what's going on with the justice is that the dad is asking for justice. Uh, eight of the kids got arrested, and they're charged, I think, for murder or yeah. something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And so now there hasn't been any lawyers talking about this, but there's professionals saying, well, when they break everything down with the eight kids or even the 10 kids, it's did they, when they got into the fight, did they intend to kill 
the kid, you know, and most people don't, but they don't know how strong their kicks can be, especially to the head. And they're not taught that as well. You know, yeah, I feel like so whenever you get into fights, like you don't expect to try to like kill someone, but you sh- also, I feel like maybe you're just so into the moment, you're so heated, and you kind of just like black out in a sense where you just keep going, right? I mean, sometimes, like when it's a group of people like that, they do it just for fun, right? And that's, they and most people sucks. are not thinking about having someone die. That's a lot, I think, last thing people want to do, but. You know, what they're saying is with the eight kids, even though they're all charged the same, mm-hmm. the outcome might be different for every kid because is there one kid that was following an older kid? Uh, or the other kids, like, no one knows, right? Everyone has their own intent. So that's what's kind of um, hard to break down here. Yeah, and I think that's why they keep asking people, like, if they have footage and evidence because they, you're you're saying that they're trying to charge all the kids um probably to the extent of how badly they injured this person and how far they kept going, how many times they kept hitting them. Right. So, cause some kids were probably more involved than others. Right. So, um, I'm going to keep talking about this article that I have here on my phone. Um, it talks about how, you know, it says here, uh, the victim is seen taking off his shirt to prepare for the fight. And then the 10 students immediately sworn him, pull him to the ground and begin kicking, punching, and stomping on him. It it's, sounds so planned. Like they already knew that they were going to jump them. Yeah, it, it does sound like that. You know, um, it doesn't just happen where it's like all of a sudden they jump him. It's like while walking to the alleyway, the group of kids are like, yeah, we're going to jump him and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So that's usually what happens because I've been in that situation. You know, it's always planned out to gang up on somebody. Yeah, because sometimes it will happen if like people see their friends getting um, beat up pretty hard and then they kind of just get into it. But for this specific situation, it sounds like they already knew that 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 was the plan. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out, you know, was there somebody in charge of this group? You know, that's that's what's hard. They're still trying to find two other kids out of the 10. Oh, I see. They haven't found them yet. And it's like it's hard because. I don't understand why they haven't found them. Don't they go to school? Yeah. And I think people are just not giving names. But um, from what I read also was that uh, so whoever was there watching the fight and recording it, like after he became unconscious, they just left him in the alleyway. Really? Yeah. And there was a just like a innocent bystander that just happened to like pass by and saw him on the floor. And um, I guess he took him over to back to the school and then called for help. So who knows how long he's been unconscious on the floor, but like no one helped. That's a little bit of a different story, right? There's someone recording the fight, Mm -hmm. right? That's not helping. Who's probably a part of the group, right? Right. Because if he wasn't a part of the group, he would have helped afterwards. Um, Even when you get in a fight. Okay. So this kind of changes what I was thinking. When you get in a fight and you beat somebody so bad, at some point you still feel very bad about what you did and you would help that person up knowing that you defeated them. Right. But the fact that they didn't help him, Mm-mm. then there are some different intents there. Yeah. And I think that's why they're trying to look into things and to try to charge them because the intent was to hurt him and not help him at all. Yeah. So um, how do you feel about the situation where the person who passed away uh, wasn't even the original fighter? You know, he was backing up his friend and. I feel like we've been in these situations ourselves where a lot of times when we get in fights when we were younger, mm-hmm. it was because we we're backing someone else up. Yeah. You know? And I know we're always so big about um, standing your own ground, um, defending yourself. And I think it's, it's gone to the point where it's like you can teach them to make sure that they can take care of themselves, right? But at the same time, it's like to what extent, you know, if you're going to defend yourself and fight back, like, how can you know how to do it where it's like safe enough? So here, here's a couple of things. Um, when you know you're going to, no matter what, when you get stuff stolen from you, you're going to try to defend yourself. And um, when you're about to get in a fight and you see a group of people like that, that's when you kind of have to pause and rethink the situation. Is something bad really going to happen here? Can I just walk away? Can I just take the humility and walk away from that? Like you have to dissect the situation in the moment because things change right before a fight. You know what I mean? 
So, and I, and then when it comes to like stolen property, do you do you feel like it would have made sense for him to for them to maybe just like report it? And I feel like they um, they may have gotten jumped, but at least it may not have gotten this far. As as once a kid who had stuff stolen from me, I'm not gonna let anyone get away with it. So I was always a smaller kid in high school. Yeah, and there is a time when. There's a couple times. Okay, I'll talk about these two incidents that I had. One time, it was during lunch, and I was sitting at my lunch table with my actual group of friends that I sit with every day, mm-hmm. right? And one of them decided to take my wallet without me noticing. And so, at the moment, I don't know if it was a prank or if he's really doing it. But in my mind, I'm like, "Why would you do this?" Right? Yeah. So I stand up to the kid and I tell him. Uh, I'm going to break your nose if you don't give it back to me right now, right? Like, first off, it's like, give it back to me. Give it back to me. He won't. They're right. laughing about it. I'll go, all right, I'm going to break your nose right now. The moment I said that, one of the deans came by in their little golf carts. Of course. And that they heard happen. it. They took me and the kid into the office, and we both got suspended. In the report for the school, all they got was me saying, I'm breaking some kid's nose, mm, right? I okay. go home. I get in trouble with my parents because I got suspended and for what I said. But no one says, hey, did someone take your wallet? Like, why did you do this? Like, it's just all bad news for me, right? So me protecting myself, I got in trouble. Yeah. That was one really bad incident that I had. Yeah, I actually have a similar story too. And I ju- it just popped up in my head. But I've actually had my wallet stolen twice yeah. at school. And uh, what of a was from a friend and um, he took the wallet, took the money out, threw it uh, on the roof. And I tried to confront him about it, but like nothing happened. You know, there I, I couldn't prove it, but I knew for sure like that he did it. Um, and then there was a second incident, like that was in junior high. And then this other incident um, was in high school and I was in the lunch line. And I guess like these two sisters, like they got into my backpack, they opened it while I was in line and then they grabbed my wallet. Yeah. And then when I realized it was missing, like I confronted them about it, but um, you know, they just denied it and everything, but I knew for sure it was them. Um, I don't remember if I reported it to try to like get it back, but I felt like even though I defended myself, like nothing came about it. Like when you're 16 years old in high school, a lot of high school is about being cool. And you're not going to go to the office and be like, hey, someone took this from me. Yeah. You're going to be like, hey, what's up? Did you take this? You know what I mean? Like, because the whole school is going to know about it. So like for you to go to the office, that's not happening. Like we got to think about when we're a kid, because as an adult, we think differently. Like, okay, maybe let it go. Uh, it's not as important, you know, stuff like that, especially with nowadays, everyone's getting killed for these things. Yeah. Right. And now we can tell them different things. But when you're in school, none of that matters. It's, it's a totally different world that yeah. they're living in. And I remember it was just two sisters. Right. So it's just me against like two girls. Yeah. And I I know for a fact that I was probably like, OK, so should I say something? Is something going to happen? I'm going to yeah. be outnumbered. But I feel like that's what so many kids go through in school. And it's a matter of like, do I defend myself or not? Do I let these people bully me? Like, what do I do? Right. And it scares me because, um, you know, our kids, they're still young now, but yeah. as they get older, like these are things that they're going to have to go through. So what was the outcome of your two incidents? Um, you just lost everything? Yeah, I lost my wallets. And, and I, I confronted them though. Like I didn't let them bully me. And, um, you know, I would always stand my ground with both situations. But you didn't get it back. I didn't get it back because they just kept denying it. And you didn't. Oh, so that's why you didn't fight them because they denied it. Yeah, but I wasn't the type to want to fight over stuff like that. Well, my difference is the guy knew we both knew that he took it. Right. He said, yeah, I took it. And he's trying to bully me. So that's why I had to go down to like, let's fight type of thing. Right. Right. So, so he was doing it to mess with you. These people did me, it because yeah. they wanted my money, right. which I didn't have much anyway in high school. So um, I had another incident where now there's another group of friends and these guys were, we're on the basketball team together. So we see each other every single day after school. We have practice. We go on the school bus and we ride together. We're teammates, right? Like we're friends. Yeah. And so one time they decided to take my whole 
backpack mm. from me. And it was a group of them. And I'm like, give me my shit back, right? And they're pushing me and they're laughing at me. And so I tried to defend myself. Uh, but we didn't even get to the point of actual fist fighting. They just gave it back after a while. But I felt like shit that people were trying to bully me and take my stuff away, right? Yeah, Especially your were. own friends. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just thinking right now, like, why are these kids think that it's funny to do this? I don't know. Are they trying to be cool? Probably. Like, aren't you my own friends? I don't know. Because like what you're saying too, people were trying to like be cool, right? And to show that they're so cool. And I don't know why or how being cool correlates to like bullying people. Because right. I feel like I've been bullied a lot too, like my whole life growing up. Yeah. Um, even like for the fights that I've had, I've only had a few, but um, like I used to have those same girls that I fought, like they would come to my house and they would like egg it and stuff. Right. And um, I don't know. It was just, it was just people wanting to prove something to other people. I've had those same so-called friends after school. You know, I would, I'm that kid that rides my bike to school, rides it home from school, or I'll walk to school and walk back because my parents weren't available to take me to school. And I remember one time I was riding my bike and like, I got chased by like, I don't know, it was like a group of five of them, you know? People that you knew? Yeah. The, oh. From my basketball team, people that I go to their house and hang out. Oh. You know, it's just all of a sudden that one day they decided to pick on me. You know what you I've know? noticed when it comes to like, when you have big groups of friends and this happened to me so much, right? So we have a group of friends and then something happens. Like some, the, it could be the smallest thing between you and one other person oh, in the group. nothing even happened though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It could be something so small. Like, oh, like she said something that I didn't like. And then the whole group would just go against you. And I feel like that happens a lot. And I feel like they just picked on me because I was small. But it's just the fact that like, I don't understand why people steal stuff from you and then want to fight you after is there's this sense of like pride that they want to have and be on top of the world or like be the that cool kid in school like that mentality's got to change and i feel like that comes from parenting at home yes right so I agree. the kids who are stealing stuff and fighting kids their parents aren't with them too much to be able to teach them and that's why they're doing that Oh, the other on the other end, my parents weren't available all the time to teach me too, and I'm on the other end getting, you know, myself taken from me yeah. or getting in fights trying to protect myself. So it's like when you're not there for your kids and teaching them and being close to them, they're either going to be the ones picked on or the ones that are picking on people. Yeah. You know? So for me, I think I feel like I was bullied. Um, most of my years growing up and um like your high school years no like from maybe middle school junior high and up Mm -hmm. like non-stop and I would get bullied a lot by girls like um I I don't know I don't even know how to explain it but like so there was this one time uh, because I was the type of person who I would always defend myself but I would always stand up for other people if right. I saw them getting picked on. And there was this one particular girl, and I remember it because um, it was like seventh or eighth grade. And I ended up becoming that bully for a little while because I was like, oh, this girl, she's such a bitch. Like, she's so mean. Yeah. She keeps picking on all these, like, innocent people who would not defend themselves. And then I started to to become, like, a mean girl, and I was, like, mean to her. And then I just remembered, like, how bad I felt doing that, even though I was, like, trying to stand up for the right reasons, I felt like crap trying to be that bully. Right. I think by the time we've been bullied for five to seven years in our school life, by the time we get to seniors, we're we're pretty much bullying other people now because of what we've went through. You know, like I've been in that situation too. And when you look mm-hmm. back, you're like, damn, that's, that's a horrible person. Yeah. Um, but I think what I'm learning from this whole conversation here is that we always teach our kids defend yourself, fight if you have to, because just don't take shit from anyone, right? Yeah. But But now it's like, I'm kind of thinking to teach the kids, don't get in any fights. Even if, you know, your kids know how to fight, just don't. Because anything can happen and you cannot control other people. You don't know what they'll bring to school. They'll bring knives to school, stuff like that. 
you know, um, at my school, every week there was at least one fight in the alley. Oh, wow. Near that's school. We would walk like two blocks, go to the alley and fight. And it's, everyone knows that's the alley that everyone goes to. We had um, that alley too. Right. But I feel like fights were more innocent for, well, for us back then. So whenever there were fights, it wasn't a big deal. Like no one really got hurt. I mean, people would jump in and stuff, but it wasn't to the point where it's like. Like, like they, how it is now. Right. They would jump in because they think it's fun to get a punch or a kick in, you know, but it yeah. wasn't to the extent of really hurting like someone that to, bad. Yeah. You know, I think we also have to teach them to be smarter about things because going back to those girls who used to come to the house and like, um, egg the house there, you know, after I got into a fight with, uh, one of her friends, then the other girl came to my house, knocked on the door and was like, Hey, you know, because you beat up my friend like, we have to fight now because I have to defend her. And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. But in my head, I'm like, well, I'm going to be smart about it. I'm not going to come out now and fight you because who knows what you have like set up right. wherever you're trying to go. So probably shouldn't have fought, but, um, you know, we plan it out and I was like, okay, well, we're going back to the alley where, where I fought your friend the first time yeah. and did that. But even then, yeah, what you're saying is right. Like they should probably avoid fights, but I think they just have to. I don't know. Here, they have to assess the situation. Exactly. Every situation is different right before the moment happens. And even if you don't fight and you go talk to authorities, authorities also don't help, which is why we end up fighting. They don't help right? unless something already happens, which kind of uh, sucks. Not really. So yeah. there's a situation where like you, your house got egged, right? Yeah. For me, uh, it was a group of kids. They came in the middle of the night to my house. They TP'd my house and then they lit the TP on fire. Oh. So they almost burned my that house down. That should be a down. felony. And then we called the cops. Um, and the cops eventually found the kids driving around. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, now the cop comes to me with a huge aggression. What did you do to those kids? You know, and I'm like, am I the victim here? Or am I, you know, the guy who caused the issue? Yeah. So... He, the cop wouldn't back me up. And, and this is in front of my parents. And, and I got guys, so mad. And you guys were the ones that had to call the cops because to, yep. you were getting harassed. We were the ones to call the cops. And this is probably my first incident I had with a cop where they weren't helping me. Mm. And this was in high school. So now you can tell why I always have shit with cops. Yeah. Oh, I've been in those situations. But every a, single a time, right? Yeah. But it's like, this is like my own house. That's There's an arson going on. And you're asking me, what did I do to these kids? And you're like, calling for help. I don't even know who did it at the moment. You know what yeah. I mean? Like All I know is someone is lighting my house on fire with my family in there. And nothing ever happened. They didn't get arrested. Nothing happened at school. Um, we just... Did you find out who it was eventually? Yes. And and by senior year, this is the kid that I just kept bullying and bullying and bullying mm. and became my number one enemy. Gotcha. Because now it's become like a, we're just enemies. Right. Right. So we're always, we got in like, I don't know, at least six, seven different fights with each other, stuff like that. Right. He'll see me, he'll point his like gun finger to his head, stuff like that. A lot of threats. Right. Yeah. So that's why I'm just like. Sometimes it's better to just walk away from the situation and put your pride aside. But, you know, right now what we're doing with our kids, our kids are five and three. Mm -hmm. Right. And we put them into jujitsu class. And so we we are now at this young age trying to teach them how to defend themselves. But is this the wrong move? Because if they can defend themselves you know, they can get swarmed and jumped and it can happen to them too or something bad. Yeah, but that can happen to any kid. But we're actually preparing them, I would say, mentally and physically because ever since they started training, uh, you can see how confident they are in themselves and the, their composure, the way that they hold themselves accountable for things. Yeah. And I feel like um, if anything were to ever happen, they would be more level-headed because say if someone wanted to fight them in school, um, if they didn't have all this training uh, and discipline, I feel like they might get like really hot tempered and just want to fight and not think clearly. Right. But I feel like because they've gone through all of this training that they can be more calm and selective of what they want to do. So if they're in a situation, they'll kind of be able to assess it. I think that's what it is. So 
if our kids have jujitsu training for the next five to 10 years, not only do they know how to protect themselves, that's not even the major thing. It's the mind got stronger, mm-hmm. right? So their mind can assess the situation in a m- more calmer action. And when I was speaking to one of the jujitsu parents the other day, um, their, their kid is, you know, they've been doing it for like a couple years and they're like in middle school and she, this kid is such a good fighter. Like this person can take anybody on. Okay. And so I was asking them like, you know, how has it been for her at school? Yeah. And what they said was that, uh, when she goes to school and she's been in this position where she sees fights all the time. That's so funny. Right? Cause we, I was going to bring that up too. I okay. think we're talking about the same kid. So <laughs> she sees fights all the time to mm-hmm. the point where, uh, when she's, when there's, there's kids fighting next to her. Okay. And she's just like looking at it. And in her mind, she's like, oh, that's not a real fight. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And she just stands there. She doesn't move out of the way for the people who are rumbling mm-hmm. next to her, like literally touching her leg, you know? Yeah. So her mind is so strong where she's like, man, that's some petty shit. Like, this is stupid. And it doesn't affect her because exactly. if, if kids have not been around that and something like that happens, they're going to like, have flight or fight, right? They're going to be like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Oh, this is so scary. Like, do I hide? What if, what if someone comes after me? What am I going to do? Like they panic. Right. But then hearing like about this student, you know, she's, she's just like, oh, this is nothing. Yeah. She knows she can take anybody on mm -hmm. because she's a champion. She goes to all these tournaments and things like that. And, uh, it just really made that mind stronger. And so that's why the other day we had our kid do a tournament. Right. That's right. And uh, I think you were so scared and nervous to have her do it. Our, like she's five years old, guys, and she's been training for three months. And a tournament came up. It was Nevada Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu State Championship Tournament. And I, I was like, I don't know if my daughter's ready, but I want her to go through the tournament. And if she loses, like my mind was like, I don't know if she's going to win. It was more of like, I know she's going to lose and I want her to go through knowing that losing is okay, feel the defeat, feel the emotions. So after a couple years, you're kind of immune to that type of emotion, you know, and you know how to handle situations differently. Yeah. So, so that was my goal for joining the tournament. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess I would agree. So for me, I was just more concerned because it was her first tournament and I didn't know how it was going to be. Um, I had a feeling she was going to be going against all boys only because there's not too many girls um her size and age that can that she can compete with and i was very nervous about how she was going to react because what if she lost and she lost a few fights right she she lost two yeah and she won two Mm -hmm. right she ended up choking a kid out twice twice and winning by submission and she lost twice because the other kid was stronger and just won through getting more points than her. Yeah. And she cried so hard after this, but I feel like, um, she was able to learn a uh, good sportsmanship. So you remember like after the fight, she cried both times, right? It was against the same kid. And, um, that family, like the dad, he's also a black belt in jujitsu. And I think because of that too, like, that whole family, they're very supportive. Oh, they they're came, awesome. yeah, they came out. They had the kid give Leia hugs, and it just comforted her and let her know, like it's okay to lose sometimes. Just right. you know, remember to be a good sport and try again. So, um, her first match that she had and she won. I didn't know that you're supposed to go to the losing bench and shake hands and say good job and stuff. So she ran to us. We congratulated her, and that was it. And then when I watched the other matches, I'm like, oh we missed the whole sportsmanship thing. Right. So on the next match, I was going to tell her to make sure to do that, but she lost and mm-hmm. she was bawling and crying. That was hard. And to so watch. she, you know, I carried her over to the other bench and made sure that she said good job and stuff while she was crying with so many tears. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that the other family gave her a hug and said, it's okay. Good job. Now this part is very, very important. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. When she was crying, she got that 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 comfort from the other family that beat her. Yeah. Right. And then also after that, I told her, you know, after you lose all the fights, it's okay. You can't win every fight. If you cry, that's okay. You know. Um, but you have to go over to the other side 
and you can't be a sore loser. Right. You have to say good job, right? And I think this is the most important part because now fast forward 10 years later into the future when let's say she does get in a fight with somebody and she beats somebody, she knows when to stop mm-hmm. and when someone's going to get too hurt. And then she's going to, if someone's too hurt on the floor, she might pick them up and say, hey, that was a good fight. Cool. Are we done? Yeah, I feel you know like she'll, I mean? she'll have better control of the situation. They can control it. Right. So that's how early this part matters in her life. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people don't understand that it all correlates together, you know? So I think being in these tournaments really helped her. And I really want our kids to do this almost every single time there is a tournament available. Yeah, and I think it also just helps with her pride too because it lets her know that in the future if there's there's going to be successes, there's going to be fails whether it's like through fights or like anything else, right? So that they just know how to like handle their emotions a lot better. Yeah, uh, you know, there's another situation with our 3-year-old son, right? Our 3-year-old son also does jiu-jitsu. Uh but he's he's a baby right now. Yeah. Right? And so every day he either gets hurt because someone, you know, did a submission too hard or he got pushed down. He fell down from running. Uh, just baby stuff. Yeah, because right? he's the smallest and kid so, there. Um, he cries every single day. Yeah. And so right now what I'm trying to teach him is yeah, every time he cries, it takes him some time to get back on the mat and practice again. Mm-hmm. You know, like 15 minutes. So right now what I'm trying to tell him is uh, today, let's try not to cry. If you fall, you get hurt. It's okay. But just don't cry today. Yeah, just get back up. (laughs) Because it's been like three to four months of him crying. Yeah. So he's gone through a lot of like letting that out. But now it's like he's going to be four year old soon. And I want him to just learn every day. Let's try to not cry, you know, and let's build that strength. Yeah. And every time he cries, like he lets us know specifically why. Right. So if he's like, oh, well, I don't want this kid to do this move on me. So now it's like, OK, well, don't cry about it. Do something about it. Right. If you don't want him to do like an arm bar on you, then this is what you need to do. And pull your arm out. Yeah. So now he's got to think and be like, how do I stop this instead of just telling the person? Because he tells the person, don't do this. Don't <laughs> do this. And he starts crying when he's doing it. And it's like, well, you're letting them do that. You know what I mean? You're yeah. telling someone like. Like, you know, in a situation where it's more serious and you're getting robbed and you're getting kidnapped or whatever, and you're saying, don't kill me, don't kill me. And then you get killed. It's like you have to just stop, assess how you can defend yourself and get out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that might be your only chance. Yeah, Because if these are his encounters now and like if he were to get picked on at school or get into a fight, He's not going to defend himself at all. He's just going to cry and be like, don't do this to me. But we don't want him to ever be in that situation. Yeah. And there was this like one video that I saw that was going viral everywhere. And it was posted by like the um, pro Asian pages, right? On Instagram. And it was of this like young, innocent, like Asian girl. And I don't know, maybe they were in high school, maybe junior high. I don't know. But she was basically getting picked on by like these two girls and there was just this one tall, tall white girl. And she just kept picking on her and w- would hit her. And she wouldn't do anything. She would just cry and yell at them to leave her alone. And then um, eventually there was this like black girl that stepped in who was the same size as this girl. Like she was freakishly tall. Yeah. And she stepped in and started beating her to like kind of show her like, hey, stop picking on this girl. Like uh, I'm going to kick your ass for doing that. And just to see that happening, I think that's really cool. But at the same time, what if our kids don't, they don't have that person to back them up? Well, here's the Jonathan Lewis situation, right? Where it's like, like, I'm so, I'm clapping that this person stepped in and helped the person who couldn't do anything, right? right? But at the same time, now your life is in danger. Yeah, but I think she did it in a smart way. So she, I think she found this girl, like they were on the street and she found her by herself. And this is the same thing that was happening to the other Asian girl. She was by herself, no one there to back her up. But she went to this white girl who was bullying that Asian girl and she was on her own. Yeah, I think it's a different situation, right? Like the person who came in a step in already assessed the situation exactly. saying like there's only two other people here, stuff like that. Uh, but in the Jonathan Lewis situation, he's stepping in when there's 10 people. They're already around. there. Yeah, They're all there. Like you can't jump in and be like, I'm going to fight 10 people. It might have to be like, you're just going to have to use your words. Guys, stop. Guys, stop. And they're not going to stop. But eventually they will. Right? Yeah. 
but you can't go in there trying to attack everybody. But it's hard because he's the one that got swarmed on. I know. You know, so you can't even like, even if he wasn't, didn't have the intent to fight anybody when he was helping his buddy, he's just. They were already in that situation for being there. He might have like, no one knows what happened, right? He could have been like yelling, stop, stop, stop. And then he got jumped up. He got jumped, right? And so what do you do? Like, this is crazy. Yeah. And I just being in school, is always about proving yourself. But there have been fights, too, that were like planned or scheduled at school before. And like sometimes they just wouldn't happen or the other kid wouldn't show up, which, yeah, people would make fun of them and say whatever. But like it probably can prevent someone from getting like seriously seriously hurt hurt yeah murdered you know like in this situation yeah i mean uh i think every fight i've been in i've assessed you know when it's the one-on-ones i'm definitely going all in but when it's a group of people that's when i have to rethink it and i've still gotten fights with like me versus a group of people like i don't have a problem with that when it's like four or five other people against just me myself but when i see them pull out knives that's where i'm like okay now i just need to stop yeah, that's a different you know? story. And um, people think that you can't stop in the middle of a fight. When you're a kid in your teens, you can stop. Like, I've been in two situations where people pulled out knives and I had to just stop the fight and be like, all right, that's it. It's over. Yeah. And, and I walked away. At that time, also, after you're fighting for a minute, they're tired, you know? And then they're also like, yeah, yeah, I won. I won. Right. So it doesn't even matter. They're walking away, too. Yeah. So you can stop in the middle of a fight and you can tell your kids that as well. It doesn't have to go all the way through. You know, it's enough is enough. Yeah. So um, I, I've been in some crazy situations, man. I've been in also in other situations where um, I've got shot at twice, two different times, two, three Two or three different times I've been shot at. I can't you know? even say. <laughs> that, that's crazy. Um, and so, you know, you can... In those situations, when you're getting shot at, you can just run away and get away from the situation. And you can leave that alone. But how do you even get into those situations and how did you get out of it? Um, it's parties. Oh, you go, okay. Like you go to a party and then uh, just some people show up, some bad people show up. One time it was they just showed up and did a, just started shooting. Mm. Right? And then everyone had to run. That's a scary situation because how many parties are our kids going to be asking to go to? And how many times are they going to say they're going somewhere else and then they right. end up going to a party? So in this situation where we're at this house, we're all in the front yard and someone came by and started blasting. Uh, then we all ran in the house and then there's my friends in there who started busting out their guns, started loading it up. And then they went out and started, they're going to shoot back. But those guys were gone by then. Right. So you have a situation where it's like now when you're getting shot at or you're getting in a fight and you're kind of like at this moment, you got to go for cover. Now, what do you do after that? Do you call it a day or do you go kind of like, back up your pride, you know? Um, I've been in other situations where, same thing, we're at the front of the place, people come up and we're like five feet away from each other and we're getting shot at, you know? And I know everybody there. I'm friends with everybody there, Mm. you know? So were you just at the wrong place at the wrong time? It's just my friends wanting to shoot my friends, but... If I'm not the one next to the person who's shooting, then I'm not their friend at that moment, mm. right? So now, even though I'm at the wrong place at the wrong time, I'm still also the enemy. It's just like the situation in high school, right? Where like yeah. I'm at the basketball, I have a basketball team who I talk to every day. I'm at their house and we have fun. And all of a sudden they start picking on me. Yeah, the loyalty like, in school is just not, it's different. Yeah, right? I mean, once it got to the gun stuff, it was like, college yeah you know what i mean and it's the same thing the loyalty is so different yeah i think that just goes back to people trying to prove themselves so it doesn't even matter so it's kind of hard like growing up in school because 
you don't know who your real friends are and people are still trying to figure out who they are, you know? So it's just, it's going to be hard seeing our kids go through this. I think one of the things too is um, I feel like a lot of kids who are in martial arts and have a stronger mentality, they're not really going to these parties, are they? Uh, I I don't think so. Like, like, uh, I'll say yes and no. Like for me, I did martial arts for like 15 years and I still went to all the parties. Mm, I think it depends on the kid. But Honestly. then I, when I'm looking at these kids at, at the school right now that our kids are doing jujitsu with, I don't, they're not the type to go to parties or I can't see that yet. It's because they're still so young. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they haven't talked to the wrong crowd yet. Yeah. And I know? think, I think it goes back to like discipline and staying busy because these kids dedicate uh, their time after school to go out there and train. And I feel like they're just so busy. And after that, like they're tired and they're just thinking about what they want to do the next day, like when it comes to school. Yeah, I think the best thing we can do is just sharpen their mind and make it stronger to where if they were to hang out with some bad people and they start drinking and partying, they're not going to enjoy it or know that when too much is too much. Yeah, I think we have to give them a purpose in life every time, like for every stage in their lives. Um, Because I think for me growing up, um, I was very... Uh, what is the word? I was like stuck at home all the time. I couldn't go anywhere. I wasn't exposed to much just because I, I couldn't do anything. Like but I wasn't allowed to go out. When were you able to start going out? Um, a little bit in high school, but not really. Like I still had a curfew of like 10 p.m. And uh, it got to the point because my parents were so strict where I had to like lie about where I was going so right. I can actually go out. And because I didn't get to really do anything, like I, I would go to like house parties um, and just hang out with friends and stuff like that. And then I would have to make up like this whole story to my my mom and be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go running, you know, cause I was in cross country. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go training for a little bit. Uh, we have a marathon coming up and I'll be like in my, my running clothes and stuff. Yeah. And then I would change to be able to go to like a house party. And I feel like because they restricted me from doing so much, that it just made me like, as soon as I was able to get out, like um, I just did whatever I wanted to, like all the things I couldn't do. I think this is the problem with the parenting part is if we hold our kids back and say, you can't go out, you have curfews. Cause I had all that too. I had a curfew, I couldn't go out, uh, school dances. I could only pick one a year, stuff like that. And uh, I had a very strict schedule with my parents, right? And so because I could never hang out with friends, I also had to lie. I also snuck out of the house, mm. you know, after midnight, things like that. And um, it got to the point where by the time I was free and I left the house at 18, like a week after I turned 18, I moved out because I wanted my freedom. Right. Right. And from that point on, I went buck wild. Right. Parties nonstop, all these things, because all of a sudden when I'm uh, when I'm introduced to these new things i'm like whoa this is so cool i can't believe i'm doing this right so now you're going wild but if you can at an early age as a, as a parent and at an early age helping your kids like okay you want to go here with your friends go ahead you can go here with your friends you can do this let them go out so when they see something for the first time they're not like oh wow like you know they don't need to go wild they've yeah. been through some bit of going out yeah so i guess that's that was uh, my po- my point of giving our kids purpose for every stage of their lives that they go through because for me like uh, my parents didn't give me like a purpose of things my purpose was to stay home clean the house do chores do my homework that was it like that was my purpose but for us like we're giving them purpose right now to focus on jujitsu so that's something that they're focused on right now and that's yeah. what they're striving to do better in uh rather than just keeping them at home and not letting them progress and like improve and find um activities to like improve on yeah. so when they do that they're focused on that they're they're not just caged in at home and then they're like, oh, well, I don't get to do anything. So I want to go out. I want to go to a party. I want to do this. You know, with what you're saying right now, I'm very happy with our decision of having them do jujitsu because we took them to like five different types of martial art places like Taekwondo, karate, uh, Chinese Kung Fu, right? Stuff like that. And I was very close to putting it into uh, Kung Fu because that's what I did when I grew up. Right. right. 
But I'm so glad we picked jujitsu because just like karate and, and taekwondo, uh, you get to keep improving and you keep getting new belts, mm-hmm. right? From like white to gray belt, yellow, orange, purple, brown, blue, black, all those colors, right? And so with kung fu, you don't get belts. Oh. And so you don't get that sense of like improving. The only type of improving is like, okay, now I can start doing some front flips, back flips, no hand cartwheels. Now I can start playing with weapons, knives, swords, sticks. That's kind of the upgrade is uh, having enough discipline to now learning weapons, weapons training. That, that was Kung Fu, you know? So maybe that was like the cool part about it. Yeah. But at the same time, it wasn't like belt colors. Yeah, just to be able to see it every day yeah. and put it on and to know that you've like accomplished. Right. But I think it was more of like, well, I did master how to use a stick, right? And twirl it around my head and do cartwheels with it and flips. And then now I get a master of the two swords, things like that. So it's like, and then nunchucks. So you keep upgrading and that's kind of fun and look forward to. But I mean, I guess I'm just saying like when you, when you guys have, an activity for your kids to do and there's a purpose to keep moving forward it'll keep them out of trouble well i mean you had kung fu right <laughs> but but yeah, in your situation but that's... i also didn't have my parents around got it okay right so it's like when i go to kung fu it's probably like every friday night and then on the weekends we might have some like lion dance act- events that we have to perform you know but on the weekdays when my parents are at work uh there was no involvement okay so i guess that's the huge difference then between uh your childhood and the childhood that we're giving the kids because uh we are putting or dedicating our time to actually be there with them uh to see them in their classes and to like support them when they need to change like into their geese and stuff like that right so like by the time the kids are off school at 3 Mm p.m we're literally with them from like 3 to bedtime there's moments where we have to step away from them and do our work you know because we don't get to finish it throughout the day yeah so but we are there with them from 3 to 8 p.m yeah and that makes a huge difference because like just being present like you could see the difference because you know um we've seen some students right where their parents just drop them off and it could have been the same uh situation as your parents because they had to work all the time they're doing stuff with the community so it's like all right well we're gonna drop you off um to take these classes so that we have time to get stuff done so they're not really there and you can kind of see the levels of motivation for those students because they don't have that extra push and the support of their parents to be like hey train harder hey make sure you do this and stuff like that well i'm also making sure our kids aren't getting defeated every day at jiu-jitsu right so when they're going live at at training i'm like move this way get your uh, arms this way do a takedown so i'm there supporting them non-stop compared to the other parents who aren't there they can't help them. So yeah. now they just sit out sometimes. And yeah, and I think that was one of our goals too when we decided that we wanted to have kids was that we wanted to have the kind of lifestyle and work where we can have the flexibility to be there with the kids. So this is when you say that I work too much and work too hard or I'm always working. It's because there's time slots I put aside to be with the kids mm-hmm. and dedicate stuff for the kids that when I'm, that now after we're done with certain things, I need to get to work and finish it. You know, and that's also during the times when I still need to be with the kids, but you take over. Yeah. It's like uh, putting them to bed, you know, brushing their teeth or like helping finish their dinners. Like I need to leave those those situations earlier to finish the work that I stopped at two o'clock. Yeah. Well, I feel like you're you're figuring out more of a balance now more so than before. Yeah. So now you're actually putting in more time with them. And I think they can see it too, because I can see the difference with their behavior. Well, I think it's ever since we we started uh, paying out our work, right? So yeah. in the past, we were always with our kids. Like we, we vlogged all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So we go to the zoo with the kids, we'll vlog it, we'll go to Disneyland, let's vlog it, all of their experiences. So we're actually with them. And then when we come home, I got to edit for the next two to three days. Right. But now we have an editor, so I don't have to spend the time away from them at night. Yeah. Um, I can just I can be away from them for like two hours, but not like eight hours a night. Yeah. You know, so it, it just sounds like with all of these situations when it comes to bullying, 
um, and raising our kids, I feel like they just need us to be better parents to try to teach them and prepare them for these kind of situations because it's going to happen all the time. So would you say that you think our kids love jiu-jitsu? They do love it. Even As, Enzo who cries Even though day. he cries, I feel like he takes it more seriously too. And ever since he saw Leia do the tournament, I feel like he's training harder because of that. And he understands things a lot better. They definitely understand the coaches more and they can listen a lot more because now when the coach says one thing, they're on it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like Enzo getting in a fighting stance and he's automatically like this in his fighting stance. You know, he, he bends his knees, puts his hands up and like, yeah. it's a... Uh, it's awesome to see this, you know. I just wish every kid had opportunities like our kid did. Yeah, or like they do. Like they do. Yeah. yeah. So, um, man, this 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 episode is pretty hard to talk about. Um, once again, you know, I, I'm sorry that the Lewis family has to go through this situation, and every other kid who is in this situation as well. It's. Um, I hope you guys get the justice that that's needed, and um, and this was at a good school too, right? Uh, this was in I don't remember. It's don't either remember. the east or northeast. I see. But um, I'm gonna put the link in our description box for the GoFundMe for Jonathan Lewis, so you guys can go support as well. So make sure you click the link in the description box. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe and follow us on YouTube, Spotify, um, Apple, Google, Amazon. Um, I think Google is going away very soon and turning into YouTube podcast, guys. Mm-hmm. So look out for that as well. Um, and uh, thank you for listening to this episode. Um, it, it's it really every time we have these episodes, I learn a lot about my wife. I learn a lot about myself and our family, and what we're doing. And it just opens up a lot of things that we're doing. And uh, I appreciate these podcasts a lot. And I hope you guys appreciate listening to them because uh, I want to keep this going. Yeah, we hope that uh, the messages that we're actually learning through these podcasts, that you guys are getting the same. So, yeah. So um, thank you guys for listening to Love and Rice podcast and we'll see you in the next episode.